0: So you want to learn how to train away your pain. Well, we are wrapping up the Beat Chronic Pain series today and we're going to go through some really, really practical stuff. You guys have no clue what you're in for. This is going to be epic. It's coming up right now. Okay guys, if this is the first time you have rolled with us, allow me to introduce us. I am Yanni Bormeister, together with Richie behind the camera and my brother Rad up on one of the other monitor screens up there. We are the founders of Unity Gym and the UMS system. Now, if you want to know how we turn people into superhumans, you can. We give away all our best stuff for free. Go to www.unitygym.com, scroll down to the bottom of any page and you'll see our free resources section. You can get our strength flexibility or nutrition blueprints they're fantastic uh, downloads and it's all free now to my right here some of you may know him as phil some of you may know him as dr phil i like to say uh, i know him as just the world's best looking physiotherapist Uh, we are together Diving deep today into some uh, incredible content. This is really, really going to be, I reckon, one of the shows of the year because what we're dealing with here and what it's we're going to share. we going to
1: be peaking, Yanni. I, I don't know. know, if I, you know want to I know. know. We've got
0: some good guests coming <laughs> up too, man. So we've got a lot of work cut out for us today, but. Honestly, like well, I, I had a discussion with a member yesterday, uh, one of our our first ever tribe member at Unity Gym, who's been with us for over five years, sixty-six years old, and uh, we were doing muscle up drills, and uh, and and we had a really good conversation on this topic about some pain that he was still experiencing from an injury that was about twelve months ago that he did it uh, doing muscle ups, and um, and it was like so poignant to what we've been talking about over the last couple of days, and and even more relevant to what we're talking about today. Yeah,
1: I think if you think about. You you know, like anyone who's done any amount of training, uh, you know, you've probably experienced injuries and pain over the time. And and um, the one thing that the people who get trained w- injured even more than those who don't train, are those who don't do any injuries, they get so many niggly issues, so many back, so much back pain. It's just a, you know, a bit of it's just a really common experience. That's why I think uh, this series has been so valuable. I hope to everyone and um, definitely give you some things to think about. But today it's not just thinking; it's doing. So we're getting into the real practical side of um, how you do go and uh, approach a training program when you do have limiting pain.
0: Yep, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. I think this is stuff that and anyone, anyone and everyone is going to injure themselves at some point if they're training in the gym regularly or doing any sort of sport regularly. Yeah, or regularly. you'll
1: have someone who's just, you know, really opening up to you about how much they're struggling and, and now you can be like, hey, I can help you yeah that's exactly right
0: exactly right and i'll be honest like some of the stuff that i spoke about yesterday with uh with our tribe member here was refreshed on what we've been talking about now and so i could come at at a very high level and it was really 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 liberating for the two of us because he got to go through the workout and uh really overcame i had a breakthrough in himself you know at that moment which is really cool to see and be a part of
1: yeah
0: all right let's dive in we had some really good engagement over this uh, the course of this show too. So we are going to cover um, some questions that have come through. And uh, again, I'm going to plug the crap out of it because Phil has done so much work to get it going. If you haven't already, please jump over on your favorite podcasting app and give us a five-star kick-ass review. You don't have to actually write anything. You can just hit that five-star on the Sound of Movement podcast uh we've already we've actually rebranded it as the sound of movement the unity gym podcast which is uh which is pretty Just cool to yeah. make
1: it easier to find yeah yeah that's right um, speaking of easy to find it, there was a link in the description that i've now edited for this video and i'll go back and edit it for the other ones where it seems if you do the https um, thing at the beginning of www com. It, it doesn't, doesn't work, work. Yeah. I'm not taking enough to understand why so I'm just going to go through and delete yeah, it I, and I've then. been ex-
0: it's, it's been explained to me why but I don't know why, why that yeah, is so uh, there's, there's basically two types of internet and one type of internet need needs to, yep, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep,
1: yep. now but
0: Hello to all of you on the podcast listening right now. Uh, I just wanted to say that, and I think we should say that. Yeah, now I'm going to have on. to
1: edit your uh, your volume down for yelling into the mic. I moved that, my, <laughs> I moved back a little bit. <laughs> so uh, this is the kind of stuff I have to do to make this podcast. I think happen. we should
0: start um, acknowledging anyone who's listening on the podcast because we are getting people listening yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, which there's is really people.
1: There's cool. so someone listening in Slovakia. I was yeah, stoked. You know, oh, yeah, really it's really cool. cool really cool. Anyway, so, uh, I think the a really good place to start um, this and just to get the discussion going, but also because I really want to make sure I can um, help this person and and give some um, uh, really good uh, stuff for Graham Ricketts here, who said, uh, really hoping to learn where to start with this and how to form a simple strategy for someone who suffers chronic pain. That's exactly what we're going to do today. Love it. Um, he says, I have a relative who suffers SI joint pain. Lack of movement and physical activity has left the jo- joint hypermobile, in my opinion, perhaps due to muscular atrophy. And they regularly have to see a chiropractor to realign this. Uh, one possible step uh, apparently is fix it, fix the joint with screws. But this uh, series has made me think that there is further avenues to explore uh, first. Range of motion is pretty good, but if they have uh, done Uh, If they do too much, which isn't very much at all, it can cause pain for hours or even days. I would love to be able to spark uh, some hope for them and say, we've got something new to try. Uh, That in itself can create some energy which can build hope and some momentum. Living without hope is very, very hard. Thanks, guys.
0: So. I haven't heard of um, hypermobile SI joint before. That's quite fascinating to me because it's such a sort of fixed. Like your pelvis is kind of you think of your pelvis as one thing, but it isn't. It's a, it's two different. It, there's an, a sacroiliac joint there. Um, is that common?
1: Uh, well, so the thing is that um, it's become a real. It's one of those things that people love to point to as like you know the, the, the
0: source of all pain. Yeah, the, the sacroiliac joint issues yeah. is like you got a
1: <laughs> like a. Mobile, like, it's kind of
0: like the piriformis. Yeah, if you if you had a bone structure that was <laughs> w- that, that was on par with the piriformis, and surprisingly they're in the same sort of area of the body, then the uh, the yeah.
1: sacral iliac or SI yeah. joint is like the that's the bone. If you, if you haven't heard us rant about the piriformis before, it's just the uh, the scapegoat for all uh, for all for problems all yeah, <laughs> all in problems. the
0: lower extremities. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: right. Um, so basically, yeah, hypermobile like h- people having unstable pelvises is but was this like real old school thing that people were you know. Thinking that you know you had to uh, do all these special exercises, get adjustments, and which doesn't make sense to me if you're getting adjustments for something that's hypermobile. That doesn't sort of yeah. make sense to me. But anyway, uh, it it was a big thing that people were like blaming for for all issues. But uh, if you look at a pelvis and SI joint, there's been lots of um, people responding to this hypermobile uh, SI joint and saying like, no, that is absolutely ridiculous. It's such a it's such a stable joint uh, for good reason. But anyway, uh, just for Graham in particular, I think what we'll talk about today will give some, um, definitely spark some of that hope about um, simple practical things of where to start. But what I uh, would love you to do is um, send me a message or I'll I'll message you with a particular podcast link to one of my favorite physio podcasts where uh, the physio actually has a, um, he does uh, discussions with patients sometimes. And this patient was a like on track to be an Olympic swimmer um, and then had a a, an issue which was then blamed on as a hypermobile SI joint, and she ended up getting screws and all sorts of stuff, like missed out and having a swimming career was in chronic pain for like her whole life and now she's a um, trained to be a physio assistant and is like a total advocate against all this stuff because she figured out how to look after herself so yeah there's definitely some hope there um there's yeah you'll be yeah. I'll, I'll send that through
0: but absolutely absolutely and i uh I can say with absolute um uh... certainty that uh... Y- you know even coming from a quite a s- um serious Um, injury spinal injury and that sort of thing there is nothing better than getting strong and flexible Uh, it just it just makes you so much more robust and it is a slower process if you've had an injury in the past you have to take it a little bit more progressively I mean I my opinion is that 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 exercise and this is something we're we're running a workshop tomorrow we do our fast growth workshop as part of our our new year at 28 day intensive when people come into the gym that are new and uh, one of the key principles that we drive Home, we want them to leave with three key principles. The first one is that exercises don't hurt people. The pursuit of intensity hurts people, or I'll say again, excess intensity hurts people. Uh, and we talk about this a lot all the time. Uh, you know, you need to grease the groove, you need to lay down the foundations, you need to allow your body to fully and appropriately adapt to exercise. And um, it means that it has to be an a, a yeah. progressive approach. You and know?
1: as, as I said so many times now, like, um, yeah. You know, Pretty injuries come down to load management issues. So if yeah. you can kind of pick that right load, where to start, and then have a um, you know a clear path of where you're going, uh, then that's a, a great start. But what we're going to be talking about today as well is um, that you know you can kind of make a plan, pick it. Uh, pick a trajectory that you hope you know even if you go for a real gradual thing but the reality of pain is you, you generally won't get like a an improvement that just keeps going up and up in a really linear fashion um uh, one way it was explained to me is it's you know kind of more like looking at the the stock market you might have like uh, uh, crashes here and there but as long as you're seeing that sort of you know positive trend overall if you would draw a line of trend you know it it, it can be uh like certain days where you feel like oh you know it's all for nothing and i've Gone. I'm worse than when I started, but if you look at that trend line over time, um, that it's it, that it's improving. So, yeah, um, absolutely.
0: All try. right, so let's hit with the basic structure of the, the-, the thesis of today, the theory. Uh, which you explained to me before, which I just think is so valuable.
1: Yeah. So uh, pacing is what it's called. Pacing is what we get taught as, our, as like kind of the the, the big uh, kind of approach that you you use with people who are suffering chronic pain. Can I
0: can I just stop first because there's one thing that needs to be um, addressed before that, which is the, dis, the, the 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 difference between pain and injury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and the, and the concept of being able to sort of separate those two and go, okay, so at, at the at point of injury, they're both they're both usually aligned quite appropriately, but after you know a period of time, the tissues have had plenty of time to heal. Yeah, I- irrespective of what sort of pain you're experiencing, at that point, you need to actually. Disassociate the two and uh, and differentiate the yeah, two. Yeah, so that what right?
1: kinda is talking about there is that in the first episode we talked about the um, all the pain science and if you haven't watched that episode, I really recommend that you do. All um, listen to it on the podcast. Uh, but in that, I was talking about with um, yeah, it, when pa- it, when you get stimulus from your body that is then through your brain experienced as a pain response. When the stimulus matches the response, that's totally appropriate, and you you know to be in pain is to be human, um, and it's a really helpful thing that your brain's trying to do to to get you to stop doing whatever it is that you know just injured cause you or that cause, cause yeah, that right. that injury. That's a, a real life saving thing for humans. But the mm-hmm. issue is when in over time, if you start to Uh, kind of have a stimulus that is no longer having a like accurate response due to hypersensitivity um, which can be sort of physiological so uh, like inflammatory uh, conditions or um, metabolic derangement um, uh, hormonal derangement all these things can turn up and turn down the pain signals I talked about before in the spinal uh, at the spinal cord level and then in your brain your thoughts moods and beliefs um, can then turn up and turn down that signal which may then Have you experienced that stimulus as pain? So I know it's kind of full on to hear about it just that quickly in that sort of scientific terms. But if you go back to the um, the episode at the beginning of the week, episode one
0: of this series,
1: yeah, 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 Um, pain science
0: explained. It was titled
1: yeah. Yeah. So when you kind of understand that, like after you've had an injury, that you have like a stimulus that matches that response of pain uh, over time. If you um, think like as as long as you've kind of you know done your well. Either way, your body is going to heal itself. So you have tissue healing uh, times that for, again, I've talked about this quite a lot, but muscles, you know, usually by three months you're pretty safe that muscles have sort of knitted up and healed um, your uh, other tissues, like your bones, joint, uh, cartilage, ligaments, those can take a bit longer, but sort of from that six month part mark, like you can be pretty sort of sure.
0: like sure that you're, yeah.
1: you're, you've, you've, your structures have healed. So now it's not, no, that pain is no longer representing damage, but rather that pain is usually a hypersensitivity issue, um, which is wrapped up in you know uh, all of those things that I talked about before and the pain science explained. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's right. And so then at, from that point on, what, uh, um, how does pacing come into it and uh, and what are the most important things for people to understand yeah, so through that the process? Big,
1: the big thing about pacing is you're trying to uh, remove pain as the main um thing that is guiding your your training so a lot of the time you know people sort of say like let pain be your guide which can be really helpful in that sort of acute phase that i've talked about but when you get to that point where you're like okay there's no longer tissue damage here but i've got this hypersensitive nervous system if if you're getting to certain thresholds and pain is saying like oh that's enough stop there then you're never going to go like you know, Jani has talked so much about progressive overload over time, it's impossible to overload if you're getting to that threshold which you normally get to and then you back off because pain is, is stopping you, so you'll only decondition rather than get stronger. So pacing is all about trying to uh, disconnect pain being your um, your feedback and rather using um, time, time. Uh, time as your main feedback or sets, reps, um, you know, other variables that aren't related to the pain.
0: Yep. Um,
1: so the practical way you go about this is you kind of think about your... Um, you, you find your baseline. So finding your baseline, if you're someone like uh, Graham Ricketts, um, his relative there, it might be to the point that, you know, even going for a 10-minute walk might, like, be kind of the max that they can do. Um, so finding your... Base, and the max
0: that they can do based on the pain that on they can take. their pain yep. that
1: they can tolerate, and then yep. they're like, no, this is doing me damage, I'm going to stop, or yep. I just can't handle this. And so you go up to that 10... Um, you kind of do three different tests for your baseline. So you go and because, you know, day by day, things can really vary. You find the average of those to find your baseline. For, for, for them, we found that the baseline is about 10 minutes. And then what you do is you start with um, uh, 80%, so times that whatever time or reps or whatever, by zero point eight, and then start from there. That's your. Um, that's where you're starting. So let's just um like say so. absolutely simplify this. So um let's say we're using Graham
0: as an example because he's um uh, he's one of the people that we've used his um uh, history uh, as an example here. Let's say hypothetically that Graham can only tolerate ten minutes of walking, and then his pain in his uh, sacral iliac joint becomes um, too unbearable. He's going to times that by 0.8 and get a an eight-minute
1: benchmark, and that's going to be his
0: starting point.
1: Is that right? Yeah. Well, yeah, so the benchmark is the 10 minutes. It's like 10, we know so, the yeah. 10 minutes is when yep. you get sore, eight minutes which is we found goal. after three different benchmark tests, and then we're starting with eight minutes, and we're going to get eight minutes whether or not it's it's sore. Because, yep. you know, day by day it can fluctuate, but you're going to go for an eight-minute walk, like, no matter what. Yep. Um, And then from there, you're just increasing 10% uh, per week. Yep. So, you know, if it's eight minutes the first time, then you're going to increase it by, uh, you know, another 10%, another 10%, and you're going above that initial benchmark, and that might be really challenging for people. They might, you know, find yeah. like, hey, this is, you know. Uh, more than I've, I've done for a long time i know that i'm going to get flared up from this all that kind of stuff yep. but what you're trying to do is really disconnect that um you know association or stimulus with um that pain experience so
0: let's flip this to a gym um uh cool. workout and yep. let's
1: say hypothetically
0: that i have a uh, a forearm or a bicep um injury and it is aggravating when i do things like pull-ups or bicep curls and we have, we know that it's been six to 12 months since the initial acute injury has occurred. Um, and we're now very confident that it's healed. So we're gonna set a benchmark based on volume this time. Yeah, it right? might be,
1: well, it might be intensity. You might find like, hey, I can do as many reps I like of a bicep curl, for example. But as soon as I try and get past that 12 and a half kilo dumbbell, like, you know, it, it really, it yep. hurts. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. So this is kind of getting into like, I think elbows a challenging one because often like a tendinopathy issue is a bit different to a chronic pain issue yep. but let's just use an example of like if you've had a like elbow surgery or something like that yeah and it's no longer it's not a tendinopathy because again that's a different sort of pro- well similar actually quite a similar approach but uh slightly different so yeah using that kind of more like chronic pain example yep then so then what we do is let's say we test and it's uh, for, for
0: absolute ease of numbers uh, the point, the, the 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 tolerance is up to ten kilo dumbbell curl. After that, um, we and anything over ten kilos, I start. It, it starts to really, really hurt to a degree where, that we can't really handle. We're going to times that 10-kilo dumbbell by 0.8, and we get an 8-kilo workout, and that becomes the goal. So the benchmark, after three workouts, we may have got a few variances. One might have been 9 kilos, one might have been 10, one might have been 11. We're going to take an average of that and go with 10 as the benchmark. Times 0.8, we get our 8-kilo. So from a practical standpoint, we start our workouts at 8 kilos, and then we increase by 10% each workout.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's like... uh that is an example I think it would be somewhat unusual as I said Um, and the kind of classic one is around the sort of aerobic stuff so yeah when you you bring it into the gym space like that that would be the the type of approach you'd take and um, you just have to be a bit sort of uh, again with all this stuff I'm trying to give you information about what you can be the questions you can be asking and the the, the things that you uh, could expect if you go and work with someone who really specialises in pain. Um, so by all means, definitely you know give it give it yourself, uh, give it a go yourself. But it definitely helps to have someone who's really sort of fine tuning things depending on your yeah um, you know yeah. what you're up to. and
0: I, I think that um, probably one of the like if I could just um, pause and step out of where we are and and reinforce again. The, the, one of the key take-homes from this, because I always like to say that um, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot of um, um, psychological research that will indicate that you won't take everything that we're talking about away, and you, you might take one or two or maximum three points. So one of those key points I'd like to, to, to reinforce is that once the tissues have had time to heal, and we're saying, suggesting that it's usually around six months, uh, up to maybe in extreme cases, like at my knee reconstruction, they sort of said six to nine months is when you can start really loading it again. Um, then it's about dis- like uh, not using pain as the indicator again. And at this point, you'll be surprised to know that training through pain is actually quite important it's actually a a really really important part of the process because you're going to be getting a stimulus that does not align with the amount of tissue damage anymore in in many cases the tissue damage is no longer there but you're still getting a stimulus oh good we've got an alarm going off outside um apologies for that so that's really important to, to understand, you know, because a lot of people will say, well, I still get a lot of pain when I do the workout, and that's what we're talking about here, you know. Uh, we want to make sure that you understand that it's not, that, that, that the pain is no longer after that point in time, pain is no longer the best measure to sort of um, dictate whether you should or shouldn't exercise. Is
1: that right? Yeah 100%. Um and yeah that's that's what it's all about it's like kind of getting these positive associations with your brain where you're um yeah because it, it's really building up. I I mean it might not always be positive for you if it if it's hurting um but it's it's kind of bringing that you know control back to you and not letting pain dominate you yeah. and control your actions.
0: And and so. from a personal standpoint the thing that I can remember the most I've had two very serious injuries in the last 5 years Six years. Uh, one that required a knee reconstruction, and one that required essentially an ankle reconstruction. Um, and uh, it's and anyone who's had um, surgical intervention on something to 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 fix an area of the body that's had quite a severe injury will be able to relate to this. When you're going through your rehab, uh, you're often fo- like forced to train through pain when the f- um, physiotherapist is working with you in the hospital, and you f- it's really quite confronting because you've got a lot of trauma around that, and you 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 know you've been programmed to believe that pain is not a good thing, and it's uh, it's something that is indicating that you should not move that limb, but you'll often have to push through the pain, and that's sort of what we're talking about here. You know, it do- there does come a time when pain is no longer um, serving you it's no longer warning you of, of imminent danger it's it's just um, needing to be overridden and yeah. toned down you and there's know?
1: one thing that's really um, like a huge part of pacing is the goal setting around it so yeah. uh, with pacing like a formal part of it is actually sitting down and putting together smart goals and if you're not sure about smart goals then go back uh, two weeks and and uh, go through the shows there because Yanni goes deep into goal setting. Um, yeah, but having this kind of this goal is so important because um, you know f- so often it's like the people who are really suffering in this. It's been a long term thing, um, and it you know is really like can kind of beat you down. It becomes your so, identity, yeah, which we've exactly. spoken about and the so concept
0: of an injury identity, and this is. Yeah, it's just, it's so important that you overcome that because yeah. it's no way to live.
1: You know, one, one way I kind of explain to people as well and, and think about it is that like, you know, uh, I guess people who are in this kind of pain, like nothing has helped and they're still in pain. So like. Kinda you might as well give it a go. Like if you're gonna be in pain kind of regardless, like um I guess just trying to figure out ways you can (laughs) kinda get that sort of hope. It's like, well, you know, if I'm gonna be pain, you know, even if I just go walk to the shops then like, you know, let's try something where you're really building up the structures and um and as I've talked about so much, there is like a, uh, you know, when you're talking about your active structures that support, support your joints and um, load is what stimulates your tissue healing and your, your bone marrow density increasing, your ligaments um, increasing, um, all of these things. Like there's so many known benefits as well as metabolic and hormonal benefits to exercise that like there's there's just so, like understanding just how many systems this is affecting and how uh, positive it can be. Uh, it's yeah a reason to even if there is a bit, a bit of pain there to train through it and, and work to those kind of time goals um, uh, the other things that are really helpful when you're working through a pacing program is to think about you know like if you're um, if you find like Bending over, lifting, or carrying certain things like that are really um, challenging. Then in the gym, if you're trying those things, then you go home and you, you know, you've decided you're going to do like a spring cleaning day and you're going to do like all your cleaning on one day. Then um, kind of having that awareness around like, oh, okay, I'm now like I'm using time as my sort of feedback. Um, but then on some days you've just got all these like extra sort of duties that end up Extra doing workouts. Yeah.
0: You're, you're loading the area. Just, just because it's not in the gym doesn't mean you're not working the yeah. area, you know? So, so you got to take that into consideration. Yeah, so
1: working with a professional, we can like really identify those aggravating factors, but then you can also highlight some easing factors, things that you can do for yourself to um, settle down the pain that are either movement-based or, um, you know, uh, Things that you can do for yourself, not going in and getting treatment, having these like this big sort of um, you know bucket of things that when you do uh, do your training session, you know you kind of make yourself a bit sore and that's okay. Um, but having things that you know you can do that aren't medications that aren't whatever's yeah. to uh, help kind of get that control and, and decrease some of that pain is is really key. So
0: yeah. awesome. So before we dive into some more um, questions. Uh, Who have we got here? Cracked glasses. How can I stay positive experiencing pain throughout the day and not be anxious and depressed? Uh, I'll answer that because I'm a very firm believer that uh, living with purpose will overcome that depression and, and anxiety. And the easiest way to live with purpose, my friend, if you are um, suffering uh, chronic pain, is to have an action plan and be moving forwards through that action plan. Because, if even, you know, progress is the key to happiness for human beings. So, as long as you can see that you're making some form of progress, it will have a, a, a dramatic impact on your psychology. So, the first step to you to answering that question is to get together with a professional like Phil who can help you put together an action plan and then you just focus on the day-to-days of that action plan and see that progress unfold, that's going to completely change your psychology.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, I guess, how do you stay positive experience pain? I think it's really hard to be positive when you're experiencing pain, when you feel powerless and when you um, are feeling like, oh, it doesn't matter what I do, like, you know, if, if I'm even just sitting here or whatever, like, if that's really painful, but... I think it like obviously you know it's it's hard to tell people like oh I just feel better you know like I'm not saying that but if you are doing things that you know and have been like you're like like strength training or getting out there and doing aerobic training that you know have really positive benefits to your body and you're experiencing pain throughout there then I think it's kind of a bit easier to feel like oh, okay you know like sure yeah. I'm still in pain as I as I just did say say before but. I think it's easier to stay positive when you're like hey it, it hurts but I'm I'm heading in a right direction but when you yep. really get depressed and, and, and anxious about your future is when you don't see a path forward when you feel like oh I'm not you know I'm not getting you anywhere you can't see any light um, at the end of the tunnel exactly. and, and this yeah. is
0: I think um, this goes back to very much our goal setting um, series you know you, you're if the, the the pain is the sort of outcome it's the, it's the it's the thing that is is there at the end of the day um, and no no one ever uh, achieves a lot of success by focusing on the outcome alone. You've got to focus on the process, the process goals, which would be ticking off your exercise sessions, ticking off your workouts, ticking off every time you have a meal that's in alignment with your health, your health goals, and getting your body, your inflammation lowered, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, come at it from a from a a macro program, which is not just exercise. Exercise and daily movement uh, is gonna be one component. How much sleep you get is gonna be another component. If I was to work with someone on this level, then it would be like a five stage process. It would be exercise, nutrition, recovery. It would be the remedial therapies that you're working with. So every single time you go through and tick a box related to any of these areas, Making progress, and that progress is what starts to have a compounding effect on your happiness, and uh, it, it really is about focusing on the processes and not the outcome or the end of day discomfort that you're feeling, you know, fo- uh, and, and that will really,
1: really help. Yeah, absolutely. I hope
0: that makes sense. Uh, okay, so um, let, do you have anything uh, else you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah,
1: so I just, um, the other little th- the thing is like if you find, you know, say if it's it's walking, if... Um, to, that, you know, flares up your, your back or whatever. Thinking um, One really important thing with pacing is also, you know, breaking things into little frequent chunks as well. So, yep. um, just trying to, with, you know, it might be in your strength training, it might be whatever, like understanding with your baseline if, um, you know, if it's sort of, usually things like accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. If you can do little frequent things then you can accumulate a little bit have a rest. Accumulate a little bit, have, yep. a, have a rest. So, yep. that's a way of just getting around some of the, you know, real big flare-ups. And if you do have a, a flare-up where you, you know really can't handle it we're not saying like go out there and just keep crawling along the ground like with <laughs> tears in your eyes until you you know because you should be getting better yeah if you do have a big flare-up like that go back to the stage before the flare-up um spend some time there work through that and then yeah. build it up again so like it's it's a it's a tricky one that's why it's really helpful working with especially like someone who's trained in this especially you know the, the people who really are trained particularly in pain science and chronic pain if you um really are having issues but Yeah, so important to to have that plan and and know what the next step forward is. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and to give you an example from uh, a practical example, after my knee reconstruction, I had to do 10 10 10-minute workouts a day. Uh, And I couldn't do them all backed up because it would just get too intense, the discomfort. And so it started off very, very basic, but just little doses of stimulus, but spread out throughout the day. And then slowly those doses of stimulus started to come together into one big workout over time. But it was spread out over a nine month period that that occurred, you know, so it's just to give you an example of what uh, Phil's talking about there. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Crash glasses. I'd love to hear if uh, what we were talking about there to help you. Um, sort of make sense, and we'll uh, just have a look at some other questions if you could let us know or if you have any other questions, and we'll get back to you before we um, wrap this one up. So, did you want to have a quick look at some of the... Yeah,
0: let's have a look at some of the other questions that have come through overnight. Um, by the way, um, hats off to Graham Ricketts. You are basically getting like an an, 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 a, an extreme level of, uh, uh, not personal training, but physio and all of that put together well, because you're so, so nice good about at it asking it's, questions.
1: It's someone who that Graham cares about it's not him himself it's, it's yeah, a, it's a that's family right. member so it's really yeah. nice that you're going out of your way to try and figure out ways in which you can help them and you yeah. know, if you uh, do want to know more then Graham definitely just send me a, a personal message and yeah, I'll, um, I'll absolutely. get back to you on that
0: very quickly with Andy Lawson here, um, brother, the, the link was incorrect in the previous video. So Phil's going to go through and click that. But the, if you search the Sound of Movement podcast, uh, it should come up. I, I find it in Google and it comes up every time. So um, I don't know what's going on there, but just make sure that it's the anchor link that you're like the page that you're on, not the old liberated syndication one, which is was an old trial that we did a couple of years ago. Uh what have we got here? Um,
1: no, I think that's um cracked glasses. Yes it does. Thanks. That's what, yeah, glad to hear it. Yeah, and, and and with that Yeah, anxiety and depression, remember with depression it's usually about stuff in that's happened in the past and so you know, if you've had you know, the ability to do all these things in the past and you feel like you can't do that anymore, then with your pacing, again, it's so important with your goals to think about things that you actually want to be doing, things that you want to get back to. So um, with your pacing, really make it something that you enjoy doing and makes you feel like yourself. Um, and then, yeah, I guess with that anxiety, as we talked about, the, the anxiousness, um, it's all about your future. So, um, yeah, having these clear steps that you can take with your, with your pacing, which will help you get back to what you want to do, I think that should hopefully um, really go away as to, um, yeah,
0: yep. help the um, outlook. Mike uh, Ruiz has asked, uh, first of all, thank you very much for sharing that you're enjoying this series. Um, he's interested in finding out um, a little bit more about Rad's recovery from a, a meniscus tear. He's currently suffering, uh, he's had a meniscus tear and would love to know exactly what you did to recover. Um, Mike, I'll help you out with this because Rad isn't on the show today uh, and you've probably got the best person out of the three of us to talk to. One thing that is an absolute um, certainty is that there is, I a, a think, about six different types of meniscus tear if you categorize them and the recovery is very different for each of them and the intervention can vary quite a lot depending on what type of tear you've got.
1: Yeah, for most of them it doesn't like... for A, lo- a lot of them... Uh... Can be treated fairly similarly. It's that the big one is that bucket handle where you do, if you're getting clicking and um, blocking of movement, that's where you start to that's you know, right, really have yeah. to change your management there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. What I do know um, as a general consensus is that once you've had um, a decent meniscal tear, um, you know, uh, loaded flexion in the knee is something that can aggravate it and make it worse because it, the, the, the thing, the problem with the meniscus, and Phil can j- chime in here and probably correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't get a lot of blood flow, so it's kind of hard to heal. You get a little bit of blood flow around the outside of the meniscus or the inside of the meniscus, but um, it's, not, it's not getting Just that the outside, much. Really. Just the outside, yeah. yeah. And so... You know, once you've kind of got a decent meniscal tear, it generally sort of stays like that. And so you just have to slightly alter what you're doing. It doesn't mean that you stop doing anything. Like Rad still does everything. I've had uh, quite a bad meniscus tear with my um, soccer injury and that got, they trimmed a bit of it off to sort of um, prevent it from getting worse. When I had my surgery, uh, but um, I still do pretty much everything, you know, and uh, and I think that the priority should be that you get, the, you really focus on keeping the the, the the muscles around the knee and the muscles that support and move the knee really nice and strong and robust. And that may mean that you have to limit the depth of your squat and, and things like that, but it doesn't mean that you can't squat. You yeah,
1: know? 100%. Um, uh, not only, like, definitely the muscles around your knee are so important, as I talked about before, so much with active and passive structures, uh, active structures being your muscles that provide that dynamic stability, really key around the knee, so your, your calves and your, and your quads and your hamstrings, uh, your adductors. Um, everything, but also really keep in mind that your knee is basically a hinge between your ankle and your hip, so it's going to be very much at the whims of you know how well your hip is um, stabilizing and how well your ankle is stabilizing. So if you find that you you know maybe you've done a lot of ankle injuries in the past and you've got pretty poor proprioception and pretty poor ankle stability, um, then that's a really good place to start is working on that and also your hip. If you whenever you squat down on one leg, if your hip uh, you get that kind of contralateral hip drop, um, your knees dipping into that sort of valgus position, um, all of these things are just gonna mean that you, instead of lining up the meniscus to be um, uh, compressed equally, if you start to compress more on one side, if you think about how um, uh, like whenever you decrease surface area, the amount of pressure going through a smaller surface area is gonna really increase. So if you've got meniscus um, challenge, uh, then uh, from those sort of positions, then yeah, really getting quite clear on your, your knee, tracking your ankle and hip stability, Building up those muscles and that kind of movement pattern is going to be key to help you keep moving while not aggravating your your knee itself.
0: Yep, uh, that's um, uh, to, and to be specific to rad, which I wanted to share. The, the main thing that really aggravated his knee was a specific stretch. I'm pretty sure it was related to his FAI in the hip and it was an internal rotation stretch of the hip and he just basically cut that out. There was not a lot of need or, um, or, or necessity for it. He was just benchmarking himself against people who could do it and once he found out that there was sort of a bony structure that was making it harder for him to to, to, to hit that um, goal with that stretch, he just said, oh, will stuff it. I don't need to be pushing that. So he removed that and... Uh, we do a lot of, uh, from a global or a macro standpoint, we train barefoot pretty much every time, except for when we're doing heavy, heavy squatting, we use, uh, squat shoes and, uh, we, we really like that because it's for that proprioceptive reasons that Phil just spoke about. Um, and so, you know, if I was, uh, helping you with your exercise programming, I'd be prioritizing building really strong calves. I'd be prioritizing building really strong glutes. I'd be prioritizing, uh, building those global muscles as so long as you're not feeling pain in that meniscus. And um, if you do, then restricting the amount of flexion that you experience in the knee. Yeah, that's getting
1: it. those global movement, pa- like those big movement patterns, right? And then uh, the other thing was, I've forgotten. Um,
0: One good hack while he's trying oh, to Oh yeah, pain-free range. Pain-free range. Pain-free so, range. Like that's that's what I should acu- have said.
1: Yeah, yeah, in the acute phase while you've just had this meniscus um, issue uh, and it's getting aggravated if you do go into those it's usually yeah that deep flexion or sometimes it can be right up into in range extension as well then definitely strengthening up in that pain-free available range so you know you might get down to 90 degrees and then um, come back up and yep. not totally lock out, then that's a great way to be strengthening all the muscles around it without having to uh, yeah. aggravate things. And
0: I've I've worked, I've helped uh, work with a, a professional skier who had uh, both knees uh, really severely injured like that. And initially when we started with her, she couldn't even do concentric or eccentric flexion in the knee loaded. So we were working just in the initial term with isometric contractions, like uh, um, uh, ski uh, squat positions against walls and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I think there's always somewhere
1: you can start. Yeah, that's exactly right. Which is such a good message for the pacing as well. Like there's always something you can be doing that can have that next step forward and the next step forward. Yeah, that's Um, right. For pacing, I'll... um, I really recommend if you're interested in it, there's so many good free um, templates made by universities and government agencies that, um, uh, I guess, give people help with the pacing. So um, if you are interested in, uh, you know, if someone who needs a bit of help or you are yourself going through this, um, go on to Google, look up um, pain pacing and um, and have a look out for some uh, university or government links that have uh, PDFs or some more information.
0: I think that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right I right think there, we hey. can
0: bring this one in for a landing nice that's, and easy. Um,
1: that's pain. That's pain. Yeah. yeah that's it. That's
0: pain that's signs right. done. So <laughs> that's a wrap for this series, guys. I'm, uh, I am I am um, excited to have been able to put that together because Rad and I would never have been able to do that without Phil. So uh, I'd like to thank you for coming together yeah. with all of that great knowledge. And uh, we're going to keep this going we've got some really really epic guests coming up on the show we got some pretty cool stuff going and as of next week i think we're going to kick off the weekly workouts for the year uh which are going to be um on the channel again which is going to be freaking awesome because they seem to be the uh the show the videos that we get the most amount of engagement and uh and and likes from so i hope you guys are ex- as excited as we are at producing them again uh and we're going to start that off are we doing for um 10 yes uh, ten um, yeah, so i think
1: Next week unless anyone is like desperate to learn about something else. They're thinking of starting kind of broad with tendinopathy and then um, Going into the different regions that are affected the most and I know that uh, Like knees, most, most, forearms, yeah, Achilles, uh, Achilles um, and uh, even some shoulder. shoulder Yeah, yeah. so uh, I know that a lot of the people who are probably watching this are on the calisthenics and bodyweight side of things So it's probably going to be um, big for the forearms. forearms. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, that's the plan. If anyone wants something else, let us know. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And
0: um, in Australia right now, it is the weekend. Now, I wanted to do one thing before we wrap up, and that is to introduce Phil's new Death Star uh, laptop. So please hold that up to the camera so I mean, the uh, audience that- can see. We didn't get an unpacking on, on the show, but it still is pretty sexy. I thought that my MacBook Pro was was the, the most awesome, but uh, Phil's new... Yeah, uh, I, it's even I'm, more of a beast I'm, I'm than such my a, MacBook. I'm
1: for marketing, that I went for one so the content creator because I'm a content creator now. So it's a, <laughs> it's an MSI content creator <laughs> laptop. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> so, which is exciting because it, it what I'm really hoping for this year is I'm setting up my business. Is like a large part of my business is trying to help more than just the people in the, in the gym. So uh, the big things that I'm really working on is getting um, my online consultation set up and then also similar to these guys, how they put out videos and resources. Uh, I'd love to give Feel's um, Phil's gonna
0: access. blow up the online physiotherapist space. So look out, watch this space. It's gonna be awesome. I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward. How good does that laptop look? <laughs> how good does that look? We're, we get a 20 second delay here. So we're seeing our little um, our yeah. confidence screen yeah. come up now and it's just all amazing. Anyway, guys, uh, it is the week Weekend, as I was just about to say, here now. So we are going to um, – we've got workshops all weekend and we're doing some renos here. We're going to be busy. But for everyone else, have a fantastic weekend in Australia. Enjoy Friday for all you Americans and uh, And, we uh, will see you. One last little thing, which I
1: did mention yesterday, is that I'm kind of excited about and I'd love for someone to be the first message on our podcast platform, but uh, on – all the if you go into the description of the episode there's a little link at the bottom which tells you how to send in a message to us Ooh. via anchor which will yep. open up a little recording screen in your um in your browser and you just hit the red button and talk to us and i'd love to get some messages oh, via the podcast. cool so yeah because then we'll play
0: it. them here and answer them on uh, on yeah, the on show. the podcast yeah so so many of the podcasts that i listen to do that and i didn't know how they did that and yeah, now i know we have the technology there you can go do all right guys all right. Thank you very much for joining us. Have a fantastic weekend. We will see you next week. We're working through, if no one else chimes in and asks for anything else, we're going to be working on tendinopathy. See you soon. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity.